So here we are, ten weeks after lockdown, having travelled from Mothering Sunday to Holy Week to Easter, through the 40 days of the Easter season, to Ascension Day, to arrive here at this great festival of the gift of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the Church of Jesus Christ. All roads have led to this point, this place of wonder and hope. Yet I for one have to admit that I often find Pentecost Sunday a difficult one. The festival of Pentecost of the Holy Spirit. It should be so exciting and renewing and yet sometimes it seems to fall flat. Maybe it is because of that great reading from the Acts of the Apostles with all its drama and special effects. My experience of God has been dramatic at times, but by and large it has been without those pyrotechnics of storm and fire. Maybe it's my confusion as to what is really happening on that day. Luke describes the disciples speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And many would assume that that describes the charismatic experience we know as speaking in tongues. Glossolalia, a particular form of released emotional ecstatic prayer. And yet Luke sees this not as a moment of ecstatic praying, but of communication of the wonders of God and the good news of Jesus. A communication to such a varied crowd gathered in Jerusalem from so many places, all those names that regularly trip up uh, speakers and I'm grateful to our Salvation Army friend Richard Thompson for reading that part of the story. Somehow those disciples communicated this experience of God, this reality of the outpouring of the love of God to that crowd in their own tongues, in their own languages, in their own context. Yet some mistook them for being drunk. It's confusing and so I'm wondering at times what Luke is trying to say to us about the Spirit's effect on our lives. Maybe I find Pentecost difficult because of the speech that Peter gives with its great text as Joel, yes, in many ways obvious, but one that speaks of the day that the sun is darkened and the moon turns to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Or maybe I find it hard because this story, with its great sermon, ends with 3,000 people coming to the Lord, turning to Christian faith that day. 
And how can we possibly compete with that? Maybe it's because the church has very few customs linked to the festival of Pentecost. The Whit Sunday of the past had great processions and Sunday school outings and a bank holiday to follow. But today, Pentecost goes unnoticed by society as a whole and even sometimes is well and truly neglected by the church. We don't even have many great hymns that celebrate the Holy Spirit in ways that we can understand or relate to. Or maybe my difficulty, and I'm piling on those difficulties, aren't I? Maybe it's a throwback to childhood, a time when the Holy Spirit was sometimes known as the Holy Ghost. So that picture of a figure in a white sheet might somehow have lodged in my mind. Whatever the reason, it is sometimes difficult for me to do Pentecost justice, to recapture that sense of joy and wonder and purpose that was so evident in that picture from the Acts of the Apostles. And if it's difficult on most years, in most years, then it's doubly difficult today when we're so separated, each in our own homes and me alone in this building. How can we speak of that coming together in the Spirit of God? We're separated by lockdown, still apart from each other. And no way that we can draw a crowd at the moment. Such a large social gathering would be broken up by the police. Social distancing has put paid to that personal interaction that we see among those first Christians mingling and spilling out into the crowd. Yet it's been clear to me in recent weeks that we are, as a Christian family, all in one place. The place is not our homes or our church buildings, not even in the cyberspace of the internet, but we are one place, in the one place of this planet that we share with all creatures and all humanity, and one in the presence of God. That, the presence of our loving God, is where we truly come together and the Spirit descends on us. The God in whom we live and move and have our being, according to Paul quoting from the Greek philosophers, the Spirit works wherever it wills, not confined to a building or a particular religion, but working free in hearts and souls, in minds and in nations. And that Spirit 
is the spirit of truth, the spirit of life, and the spirit of Jesus. The spirit, according to Jesus, blows where it wills. We cannot trap it or manipulate it or control it. The spirit is free. The go-between God, as John Taylor described the spirit, is building bridges between peoples of different cultures and communities. That spirit is making us realise in new ways that we belong to one global community, not competing nations, one global church, not little competing religious groupings. That spirit can enable even us, with all our history and baggage, to speak in the language of every day. To speak like those first disciples, but to people of many languages and cultures and backgrounds. To speak of the wonders of God. Wonders seen in the greatest of scientific discoveries and in the simple kindness of a key worker doing their job. Wonders seen in the great sweep of history and in the simple story 